Welcome to Season 4 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of Rockstar Burst and myself, Michael Woodland, as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, community matters, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. All right, good people. Once again, we're back at it. Another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. And just like always, I have to bring in the lovely, the beautiful, the one, the only rock star to the M-W Tactical Podcast. How's it going for you there, rock star? Pretty good. I'm a little uh, hot and sweaty. I left the gym like 20 minutes ago, so... Right. Now, now you're gonna have people like hitting us workout. up asking for video footage of what your workout is i know i know we did yoga it was painful i'm not a master at all but oh, one of man. my girlfriends teach the class um so i had to go support i'm like man this is not my jam <laughs> no i got you on that one so um but i actually enjoy working out but it has to be on my own pace and I have to set a goal in order for me to do it. So for me to just get up and go work out, yeah, that'll probably happen like once or twice a month. But if there's something going on, like um, there's an ultimate goal. So if I was doing any type of cage fighting, okay, I'm working up until that main fight. Um, If there's something specific I want to do in shooting, okay, I'm going to work out to work out that area that I'm focusing on just so I can stay healthy for whatever match that I'm prepping for. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly speaking, I, I'm pretty lazy when it comes to working out, but a lot of people don't believe that. And I was like, dude, I'm trying to tell you, I got poor eating habits and I'm very lazy when it comes to working out. But once I get into it, I'm in it 100%. You know, so you know how that go. Um, before we go any further, I do want to go ahead and say this week's show is brought to you by Outdoor Dynamics. So their logo is they pull um, the handle so you don't have to. So head on over to OutdoorDynamics.com and check out the variety of ammunition they have for all your competition needs. Yeah, so um, but outside of the workout that you did this evening, um, how has your week been? It's been, it's been good. It's been busy. Um, it's been, I've been spending um, some time up by my parents. I've been kind of up by them and working business. And yeah, I don't know. I'm like, oh my gosh, well, it's Friday and I still feel like I have a ton of stuff I need to get done. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I'll get done. Well, you know, like that old saying goes, um, there's never enough time in the day we always need a little bit extra, but then again, somebody also told me if there's never enough time in the day, you got to adjust your schedule. So you might have to wake up earlier or don't sit around so much to get right. a few things done. So, I mean, there's always logic behind it. Anything, yeah. every time somebody says something. Yeah. So um, <laughs> outside of that, what do you have planned for the weekend? Um, Nothing on purpose because I haven't had a weekend to not do anything in like I don't know I feel like months (laughs) one of my friends wants me to come paint so she moved probably like six or seven months ago she just bought a new house 
and um, she's got this wall in her kitchen that I like. I mean, I think it's a nice, like a, it's a very like bright, like kind of like bluish teal color. But she mm. hates it, and she's like, "Can you please come help me paint this wall this week?" And it's just like an accent wall in her kitchen. Oh man! And so... uh, it's like I could probably talk into that. Like we have a couple glasses of wine, or you know, you can make me lunch, or <laughs> you know, I, I can be you can be talked into helping you paint the wall. <laughs> yeah, I got you on that one. So always willing to help a friend. Like I said, I'm all about that also. So anytime somebody calls me and they need a helping hand, I don't mind giving a helping hand. But I'm also a firm believer in what you put out is going to come back to you. So, but then that's another reason why I don't hold grudges against people. So, like I said, if, if I feel somebody did me dirty, okay, you did me dirty today, but tomorrow it's a new leaf. So I hit the reset button and I don't even think about it. I just do it because I think that's the right thing to do in life. Also. Yeah. So um let's go ahead and jump into this quick commercial break and um come on back. And I have um a topic I want to hit up and I think it's pretty interesting from a female's perspective and a new gun owner's perspective. So if you will go ahead and stay in your seats, if you're in your vehicle, set the vehicle on cruise control, adjust your sunglasses. If it's raining, slow it down. Um, but here are a few words from our sponsors. Mental health and guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store or it's sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com 
or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. All right, good people, we're back at it again, and thank you for listening to that commercial break. And as I always say, please, pay the sponsors of the show a visit and let them know you heard about um, their products on the M-W Tactical Podcast. And if you're a supporter or you need some stuff for your competition needs or just your shooting needs in general, hit them up, tell them you heard it from us. And um, you never know what you might get in the mail extra for doing that. Yeah, so what I actually wanted to do was I wanted to go ahead and tackle a subject, um, two topics um, relating to firearms. So the first one I want to hit up, and this is something that's been beat up and chewed up over the course of years, but I just think because of last year with all the new firearm owners that are coming into play, that this is a topic that we can rehash and it will never get old, you know? So what can a new gun owner consider when they buy a new firearm? Uh, like what kind of firearm should they get or what should they have? Yeah. So like whatever it is, you're getting a firearm, you're new to firearms, you know, nothing about firearms. What firearm do you get and why? Because you already know normally a new person is always going to say, or a new firearm owner is going to say that I'm doing it for protection, you know, safety of my family or something like that. Yeah, for sure. So I think um, it's important to really know what kind of what you're looking for. Um, are you looking for a revolver? Are you looking for like a semi-automatic pistol? Do you want to be like, you know, old school and get a shotgun? Or do you hunt and also, you know, want to protect your house? Um, are you looking more for like an AR? Um, there's just like, a lot of different options when it comes to um, what you're looking for. So if you're, if you're looking, if you're just getting started in firearms, I always say one of the best things you can do is um, go to the range, find an instructor, or even talk to the staff who are working, you know, working outside there, and just talk to them and see, you know, what kind of firearms have. 
behind the counter. A lot of them will allow you to rent one before you actually buy, um, which I think is awesome. One, it lets you know like what feels most comfortable for you because really like at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what kind of firearm you buy. It's something that you want to feel comfortable using and training with. So um, I've got a couple of girlfriends who have like their first gun was a revolver. I'm actually, I'm not a big revolver fan. I mean, I think they're cool, but I don't, I'm just personally not a fan of them. Um, but I mean, they work really well for some people. So I think the best way is to really just be able to go in, actually hold a firearm in your hand, figure out, hey, like this is really comfortable. Like, oh, like this feels really awkward. Or, you know, another thing too, are you going to, like, do you want to be able to conceal and carry? Or is it just something that you want to be able to keep in your house um, if something happens? So those, there's like, I think a couple of questions that when you're thinking about making that purchase, like really determining what your needs are, how you're going to be using that firearm, and then finding something that one, you're comfortable using into your comfortable training with, because it doesn't, you get something, but you never pick it up. And then an emergency does happen. It's not going to do you any good. If it's just been sitting there and you haven't been practicing and training. So those are some of the things that I would take into consideration um, when I, you know, was first getting into shooting and firearms. It was you know, the guy that I was dating at the time knew a lot. He was into hunting and he was like bow hunting and hunting. So I mean, he had a nice arsenal of things to choose from. But it really, at the end of the day, it's like it's got to be something that that you're comfortable with and that you're willing to actually use. Yeah, I agree with that. And, um, but I want to add on to it also, like what a lot of people do, um, because for me, I have a lot of friends that will hit me up, um, especially females that will hit me up and they will ask the question like, Hey, I'm about, I'm about to go buy a firearm, but I don't know what to get. And I'm more like a firearm is like a car, you know? So if you want the luxury items, you're going to pay a little bit more, but if you want that exotic and brand name, it's going to be a little bit more costly than something like the Kia Soul, you know. And sometimes when I do that analogy in relation, it makes more sense to them. But, you know, more people are more um, hands-on. So normally I will say, hey, meet me at this gun store and let's go over some stuff. And the one thing I don't like, and I said it last week when we was talking with um, Jarrah, that um what Jariah is I should call <laughs> but um the one thing I dislike the most when females go into the store is when the sales guy actually tries to sell the female the smallest firearm you know and every time I say that to a female normally because we hear it so much people are already programmed to say that well, you know, I want to get some small because I got small hands. And then once you actually prove that, hey, you can handle a full size better than you can that small firearm. Now you see the light bulb comes on. More questions are generated. And then that's probably just enough to get that wheel going. And then next thing you know, they're emerged deeply into the sport of competition shooting. You know, whether it's competition or just plinking on the weekend and just hashing out a skill. But um, I'm a firm believer in, hey, let's put it in your hand. Let's 
see what feels comfortable for you because the texture is something that can turn off a lot of people. And for instance, um, the M&P 2.0, you know, so I'm a big fan of the M&P version of the firearm made by Smith & Wesson, but the 2.0 version, the texture is very, um, very rough, you know, it's very aggressive. And out of everybody I heard put their hands in it, it was a 50-50, you know, like, oh, awesome firearm, but I just think the grip is too aggressive. You know, other people like myself, oh, I love the aggressive grip, you know. Um, so, you know, something little like that can turn you off from buying a firearm. If, you know, like if you don't know what to do, like um, not everybody has a friend they know that can like take some of that aggressiveness off and um, like various options in the firearm as well, you know. So, um, but as you stated beforehand, what's your reasoning for getting the firearm? You know, um, is this going to be something you're going to carry around with you every day? And what caliber? You know, because a lot of people think just because you get a 40 or 45, you know, that's going to be enough to stop somebody. Yeah, it's going to put a hole in them. But what does the nine millimeter do compared to the 40 and the 45, you know, as far as damage to a human body? You know, so you, you got to do your research and um, not necessarily go off of what somebody specifically says, because normally when people, tend to say something they're going to tend to say what they favor the most you know so um but remember also price point is in that category <laughs> um training value is in that same yeah. category and i mean that will can just keep yeah. going and going but as long as somebody is saying hey i realize i need this firearm what can i get you can mold that person in any direction, but hopefully the person that's doing the molding is doing it the correct way. You know, so there's plenty of um, avenues. So um, I do know with a lot of females that when I do um, speak with them about getting a firearm, size is always the factor, you know? So of course, you know, like female with small hands don't want to necessarily handle you know, a grip that's massive in their hands, you know, because then they might have that mental challenge that they're not going to be able to control the firearm like they should, you know, so, um, but there's a lot of, a lot of different aspects to going into what to consider, you know, when um, purchasing a firearm, especially if you're a new firearms owner. So I will actually say, as you stated, um, go to the local gun club that's in your area um go to um a reputable store because a lot of these stores that sell firearms they're just hire somebody who claims they know about firearms or they might put them through a test just to know the basics you know single stage double stage um triggers and then um okay this is the difference between the shotgun and the ar you know like little basic stuff but when you start asking specific questions, they don't really know how to answer those questions. So, um, you know, so it's, it's almost like a double-edged sword, you know, you don't want the blind leading the blind, but then again, you already know how selling point goes sometimes, you know, so just like the, the used car salesman. 
<laughs> yeah. So, um, what was the last firearm that you purchased, and what was the reason it took you to that purchase? Um, a Glock nineteen, and I love it. It's I actually was gonna get the the Glock seventeen, and I'm still going to get one at some point, but. It, it, it wasn't going to fit. The 17 wasn't going to fit in my purse. Even the 19 is probably a little I wish I had something that was smaller to conceal. But as far as just like feeling comfortable with it and how it handles, I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, and I shoot to the range that I go to. Um, it's called Brew City. And it's in the lucky it's right by Miller Park, or I guess American Family Stadium, whatever they renamed it to. For all my baseball fans, it will it will always be Miller Park to me. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like right, it's you know relatively easy to get to off the highway, and I feel like everybody there. I like it because it's like it's not super fancy. Everyone's super down to earth. No one's too cool to talk to. Everyone's really knowledgeable. Um, it's just a really, it's a, it's a really cool spot. There's another place that I go to when I'm up by my parents. It's called The Range and um, it's right by a Cabela. So people like go by their, you know, get their guns at Cabela's and then come practice <laughs> right down the road. And I like that place. It's very, you know, it's very like high end. It's very new. It's very fancy. It's, um, it's just a different vibe. It's still got good people and all those things, but it's, it's just a different, uh, different clientele there. Um, but yeah, not a Glock 19. I love it. I actually, I'm trying to get to the range this weekend. That is on my list. Maybe after I paint that wall, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I know like, um, depending on what instructor who you speak with, um, a lot of instructors that I know personally, um, they all say get the Glock 19. That's the perfect um, concealed weapon firearm, or that's the perfect firearm to start somebody out with shooting. Um, I don't own a Glock as of yet because I'm waiting on Taryn to send me you know, what he stated he was going to send me. But like I said, everybody who I hear say that about the Glock, they either carry it or they don't carry it, but they understand the reason why they're saying it far as it's an easy firearm to manipulate and it's not too big, not too small, whatever their reason is. Yeah. Now, I know like my buddy, um, James Yeager, he always says that, like when people are always like, well, how do you go about, like, he's not going to even entertain that conversation with you. First thing he's going to say is get a Glock, put it in your hand, pull the trigger, work it out. <laughs> you ask the next question. He's just going to repeat himself, you know, get a Glock 19, put it in your hand, <laughs> play with it, work it out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but he's he's very direct with his training, you know what I'm saying? So he's probably like um, the next echelon above somebody who deals with basic, you know, so he, he deals with the basic, but he cuts out like all the nonsense in between, you know, but he's a big person that will tell you, get a Glock 19, you know, so, um, but then again, you said you got a Glock 19, so that was your last one you purchased, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was debating between that and the um the six hour P365, which I actually really liked. One of my friends is basically he only shoots six hour for the most part. So 
um, I was training with him. He's a very experienced firearms <laughs> shooter slash. I, he was an instructor. I don't think he's really taking on students currently, but um, former military and then, you know, did stuff with civilian stuff and firearms and just, he's very easy to work with. Like he makes it a very simple experience and is not, I've worked with trainers where I feel like sometimes they make firearms way more overwhelming than they need to be um, for multiple reasons. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's just like the whole energy disconnect but um yeah the, i was kind of on the fence between getting that because after i trained with him i'm like i really like this gun but um yeah i don't know i just the glock just sort of kept speaking to me <laughs> i was like no this is the one that i want to get but i will definitely consider um that down the road i also really like um the hellcat i've shot that several times one of my girlfriends that's her her carry um gun and it's just it's a good size it's it's fun to shoot i i would definitely consider adding that to the arsenal at some point i got you i got you like um i'm not a big fan of revolvers or compact firearms i have a few compact firearms but um not a big fan of carrying them because the way I look at it is you're reacting to an action that's already taking place if you need to pull it out. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a perfect grip every time. And by me having big hands and having that compact firearm, if I don't grab it right, now I'm either going to have to sacrifice pulling the trigger and it's possibly slinging out my hand or taking that little bit of extra time and repositioning it. And versus a full size, it might give me that little bit of area to give a little bit more, you know. So, um, like I said, I'm just not a, my first choice would always be a full size, not even considering a revolver, <laughs> but the full size firearm and then maybe a um, compact. But um, now let me ask you this one going forward off of new gun owners, all right? what is the best firearm for home security in your opinion? It's tough. I've had, you know, several conversations about this, whether it's, you know, is it the handgun that you keep by your bed? Is it an AR? Is it, I mean, if you're waking up in the dead of the night, uh, <laughs> probably the handgun by the side of your bed. Um, I don't sleep with, any rifles under my pillow. <laughs> I guess we could start, but <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> uh, but if you have some time, like if it's like the zombie apocalypse and like stuff's really going down and you've set up a fort at, at your house, I mean, the AR is a, a great option for that. Um, but if it's, I think, just the middle of the night and you have a break in and stuff like that, um, you don't want to be scrambling around in the dark. Um, so I just feel like speed and simplicity, a handgun makes the most sense for, for simple home protection. Okay. Um, I don't think it's a right, wrong, or best answer for that question. Um, now, earlier this morning, I had that same conversation with um, my buddy, uh, DJ Composition, who lives up in um, Bryan Creek, Michigan, who actually owns Freedom Elevated also. So that's a training 
resource. If you live in the Michigan area, hit up Freedom Elevated. And um, he actually has a simulator that you can go into versus going to the range and actually pulling bullets. So you're shooting at a screen with different scenarios and everything. So it's, it's really cool um, if you ever done one before. Um, but he had put a post up, you know, and the post was um, handgun, AR or shotgun, which one's the best for home security. And a few people had answered and I chimed in on a few people and like, OK, let, let me ask you this one from this perspective. And then he and I started chatting about it in that same um, conversation and text, not verbally. And my answer simply was, whatever you feel more comfortable with, you know, and then you also got to look at it. Not everybody's um, bank account is set up the same. So if I have a handgun and that's all I have, obviously that's going to be my best resource for home security right now if i actually have the handgun the ar and the shotgun which one do i train with the most which one am i more familiar with you know and um obviously like when i was coming up the older generation was always quick to say that the shotgun was the best for home security you know and um somebody else had said that in that same thread and I replied to them something along the lines of, okay, what kind of um, ammo are you having in that shotgun at that time? Because you did say the pattern can spray, right? But um, what if it's a slug? You know what I'm saying? A slug is just like a bullet, <laughs> you know? So it doesn't have that spray pattern like your, um, like your other ammunition options when it comes to a shotgun. Um, but now, if you're not as familiar with the shotgun as you are with the handgun or the AR-15, what sense does it make to get the shotgun and fumble around with it versus you're already knowledgeable and have more experience on the handgun or the AR-15? But then again, if you're using that scenario, what if the shotgun is the closest thing to you? By all means, you're going to grab the closest thing to you and you're going to run with it. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, we had like that conversation going back and forth just opening up each other's mind you know just expressing um what about this and hey have you thought about this or what about this from a training aspect you know so um, I thought it was an interesting conversation but um I just wanted to get your insight on it because when I threw the topics at you you was like well what are you going to say <laughs> and I was like ah oh, you gotta wait, you gotta wait. <laughs> but um for me I'm a firm believer in what you say because um, even like when I walk around my house, I have my firearm on me in concealed manner. But um, back in 2017, um, it was around December of 2017, um, you know, people was breaking into houses in my area. And of course, somebody tried to break into my house, but luckily I was home when they knocked on the door, I opened the door, slammed the door in the um, person's face, and then um, they shot at me and I returned fire with my AR-15 though, you know? So, um, but I had handgun, shotgun and AR-15. It's just when I opened up the safe, automatically I just went for the AR-15, <laughs> you know? But <laughs> my mindset was different because I went back to my military way of thinking, you know, whereas sure. um, obviously the first thing I did think of is um, the AR-15 is for, um, 
you know, mid range and further. And, um, and of course that was being outside of the house. It didn't start inside the house. So it could have been different if it was inside the house, but like I said, you got to be put in that position to actually say, we can sit here all day. What would have, could have, should have, but, um, but like I said, the first thing I grabbed was the AR 15. And, um, like I said, it was to my advantage for that scenario to use the AR-15. Yeah. You know, so, um, but it was just um, one of those, do people actually think about it? Or once again, are you just listening to people? Right. You know, um, because like even in competition shooting, um, a lot of times, and I had this conversation with, um, who was I talking with? I can't remember who I was talking with when I said this, but um, the point was when we were sitting there talking, um, as I expressed to them, a lot of times when people share their knowledge of um, what to do or how they do things, of course, you're telling it from your perspective, right? right? But the way you move is not how I move, right? So my disadvantage when it comes to shooting is everybody who shares that knowledge is like five foot five and shorter, you know, but here I am six foot five and I can't move like a small guy because I'm taller. The way I move my body is going to be totally different than, you know, the short people that are doing the same sport. So it's the same thing when you look at it from a firearms perspective, when it comes to protecting yourself. So you're not going to move like me. Your strength is not like my strength. Your knowledge is not like my knowledge and vice versa. And the way you move is totally different than how I move. You know what I'm saying? So you got to move within the capabilities of what you have. And, um, and I think once people start to really understand that and stop trying to push people to what they would do or how they would say things and everything like that, now we have a broader spectrum within the understanding of okay, this is what I have to do. Now I understand the importance of training and moving forward with that. Yeah. I think I was rambling a little bit too much on that one, but um, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, you made good points. I like them. Yeah. So, um, but let me ask you, if you had the perfect setup, and let's say your perfect setup will be the choices of your vehicle, your person, meaning how you would conceal carry and home protection. But let's take the laws out of the picture. What would be your perfect setup? Perfect. Well, I mean, I would just like turn the Jeep into a little tank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, and then I don't know. I, as far as like what I would carry, I would probably. Yeah, if I if I could have anything I wanted, I would just like put a couple machine guns on the top of the Jeep and like take the first part of the top off and just have my setup oh, <laughs> ready wow, to rock went, and roll. Yeah, you went Mad Max with that one. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I would keep it a little bit more simple. I would keep it a little bit more simple. So for my vehicle, um, of course, you know, I, I wouldn't want to have firearms on top of it because obviously when it's time to clean them, depending on your environment, if you're out west, close to the water, yeah, you can be going through some oil like crazy lubrication. 
Um, if you're Midwest and it's dusty, yeah, you can be cleaning a lot as well. But the same thing comes out east also, depending on what season we in. You know what I'm saying? So for me, like I said, I would keep like the conceal aspect of things. But I think I will feel a little bit more comfortable if I had that backup firearm on me. So it could be some form of a rifle. You know, um, as far as the perfect setup for the house, um, my personal opinion, okay, now I will have a firearm or two in each room of the house in different places strategically placed if something does happen. So I can move or wherever I'm at, if I don't have anything on me, I can't grab it, you know. Um, but that's my perfect setup. But like I said, it's just not going over the top. But at the same time, trying to keep it within reason, you know, whereas um, I don't want the, um, like Girl Scouts to come to the house. Hey, we're selling cookies, but now they're intimidated because as soon as they get on my street, the guns on top of the house, <laughs> you know, start turning around looking out. Uh, I don't want to go over the top like that, you know, but um, like I said, I just want to keep it in perspective of what I know and how I think things will work in my best interest. Yeah. Uh, you can always get the person that will say like, yeah, I have the security team around me at all oh time. yeah go bigger go home i'd have like rottweilers it'd be a whole thing i'd probably like build a moat around my house there's yeah i've got it all figured out <laughs> that's it right there that's it right there so um, but um what would you give the firearm of the year what would you say would be the best firearm for 2021 what? Oh man, I don't even know. I that's like I <laughs> probably my Glock 19 because it's my favorite. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So not even it's twenty twenty one firearm, but it does what it does. It works well for me. Um, okay. And every every like girl that take to the range with me, if they don't have a firearm they've all really enjoyed shooting it and uh i can't so one of my friends she got i don't even know what she got but it's very small she basically got it because she's like oh, i want to be able to put it in my purse and then the first time we went to the range she's like i hate this thing like it kicks super hard she's like i love that it's small and easy to conceal but she's like i don't like how it handles and i was like well you can shoot my glock and she was like yeah she's like i like this this is easy to handle She's like, it's probably a little too big for my purse, but I could carry it on my purse. And it it's just everyone that's, yeah, I know. Because again, she went to a place and the guy was like, oh yeah, we're going to get you a small gun. And I'm like, yeah. I got big old man hands. So I knew that I wasn't get, getting a small gun right off the back. So I'm like, I, I have big hands. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be able to hold this like tiny little pistol. I don't think your hands are that big. They're pretty big. I don't think they were that but, big. Like, <laughs> in compared to like my height, you would think that I would be, and my feet too. I have big hands and big feet. I'm like, I wear like a size 10 and a half shoe, and I'm 5'6. Like, I'm not tall. I'm like regular height, but I got big oh, feet. Oh my goodness. Here we go. Here we go. The debate has started. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's awesome, right there. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, those are um, the talking points I wanted to hit up for this week. Um, 
what to consider when buying a new firearm. And of course, if you know somebody who is considering buying a new firearm, um, ask them a few questions. Um, why they want the firearm? Um, what's their reasoning for it, their intent, their use? And um, are they planning on training with it? You know, that's probably one of the most important questions when it comes to anything with a firearm. Um, and then even if you want to tackle the conversation and take it a little bit further, just ask them, okay, so um, what would be your best scenario for home security with a firearm? You know, and of course, um, those who don't know, their reference might be a movie, but don't laugh at them because they don't know what they don't know. <laughs> You know, but at the same time, um, if they reference a movie, I mean, that's just a starting point for them and then help them out, teach them the right way. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, if anything, what we should do is um, pull everybody to the range and just get everybody re-familiar and just give talking points so we can all be on the same sheet of music when it comes to firearm safety. You know, you don't know the right path of things <laughs> all right so um anything else you want to tackle before we go ahead and um take off for this next commercial break and prepare for the interview section that we have coming up mm, i'm trying to think no i feel like just in like headlines i <clears throat> did see a story about in New York, the Supreme Court was potentially going to rule in favor more in the second amendment than the current solution. So that's Ooh. sort of encouraging. I feel like there's been, oh, uh, I'll so have to find this. It just showed up on my headlines and I was like, oh, I want to click on this and I didn't have time to, but yeah. that's now, been on my say, radar. So say it all over again because it came across jumbled. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, yeah. So, um, on my head, I'm gonna to see if I can find the article. Um, but it was about in New York, they were talking about the concealed carry laws and potentially ruling more in favor of um, gun owners and the Second Amendment, and that the current laws might be, you know, unconstitutional and or stricter than they than they should be so um yeah i'm gonna see if i can find it real quick because it showed up yeah here we go <clears throat> um the headline is... well, i'll let you i'll let you go ahead and read over it a little bit and um yeah i think that um what will take place like i, I do believe a lot of these laws need to be revamped because of the fact um, we have a system that is holding stuff against people for nonsense reasons, right? Whether it be the color of your skin or if you actually serve your time in jail, why is that still a factor being held against you in society? So once your debt is paid to society, you got a clean slate. Now let's push forward. That's how I look at it. But, um, I don't believe once you get out, you know, you should, your rights should be restored, right? And that's everything, your right. right to vote, your right to have a firearm, you know, your mm -hmm. right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But um, I think that'd be an interesting um, 
interesting to hear what that article says um, after you read a little bit and, you know, you talk about it a little bit more. So I'm, I'm curious to hear how they could say, like, um, a lot of states overstepped their boundaries when that's the separation between federal and state government you know, because the federal government just makes sure that the states stay in line with everything and everything is within the laws, you know, um, from a federal standpoint. But I'm, I'm curious to hear that, that one point right there. Yeah, they, um, so essentially they were um, revisiting a New York law that required people to get a special permit to carry and a majority of the justices basically said that Americans have the right to carry their firearm outside of their home for protection and that the permit the current permit in New York is too restrictive um but they didn't really they've been fairly like laissez-faire they haven't really said like a yay or nay as to like what they're going to clarify on it but um yeah oh and there was another part in talking about well should people be able to carry in stadiums crowded public events um bars things like that so hmm. yeah it'll be interesting to kind of see how it shakes yeah. out and what what they actually decide um yeah i'm curious to hear that one myself so yeah now I know Coleon Noir, he was doing a play-by-play -play and um every so often he was doing it on his channel. But um I wasn't even tuning in to it. But I was pretty much just kind of waiting till it all comes out and it's all laid out and see what the impact is gonna be. Yeah. You know? So um that, at least that's how I was looking at it and how I'm gonna approach it, you know, moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did like Kavanaugh's statement. And he said, um, he said, why isn't it good enough to say I live in a violent area and I want to be able to defend myself? And I'm like, that's the whole, that's, yes, exactly. That's the whole point, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's why you want to be able to protect life, liberty, and the pursuit. And if you live in a place that's perhaps not as safe as a different place, you should be able to have the means to make sure that your life is able to be defended. Yes. Um, I can't remember who said this, but they was like, um, how did they say it? A criminal normally preys on people and they normally have the advantage, especially if they're outnumbered, outsized, but, um, the firearm leveled the playing field. It was something along that line. I can't remember sure. exactly yeah. how it went word for word, but I'm just paraphrasing it, which is a true statement. You know, just like um, another yeah. true statement is um, the only way you're going to handle um, a bad guy with a firearm is a good guy with a firearm. You know, so either way you look at it, I just think um, a lot of people who are in power or people who are writing the laws and um, they're looking at it from the standpoint of where they are in society you know what I'm saying because not everybody has the luxury of living in a gated community with the security guard driving around <laughs> or you got the three to five man detail that's protecting you 
walking from point A to point B, you know? So, um, and I think um, there's a disconnect, you know, with a lot of people who are um, lawmakers, you know? Rules for thee, not for me. Yeah, um, but I, I honestly believe though, um, it's easy for us to sit here and complain and say, oh, this is BS and why we're doing this, why we're doing that, when technically you should be the ones that's contacting these representatives that are voted into office and expressing your concerns. And if a group of people can actually sit down and voice that concern and paint, paint that picture so that person can understand it, now they go before whoever they got to go before and, hey, you know, the people in my area, this is what their concern is. And they can paint that same picture, you know what I'm saying? Which can make it a lot better over the standpoint. But, you know, if people don't get involved, this is what we, we have, you know, that divided structure. But, but one thing I am happy to hear is when that pandemic happened or started, you notice how quick everybody went out and got a firearm then. So I believe a lot of people who was anti-guns <laughs> was quick to say, oh, I need something. Uh -uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with y'all now. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that took yeah. place. <laughs> All right. So anything else you want to cover before we um, take off? No, no, that was just the last thing. I was like, oh, yeah, I saw that article earlier and I wanted to bring it up. But that, that's pretty much it. Yeah, so if you will, um, stay on top of it. And then um, next week when we come back, let's rehit that topic and see what decisions were made off of um, that decision that's taking place in the Supreme Court. Hopefully they'll yeah. be wrapped it up by then. But if not, I'm pretty sure some arguments and points will come out of that discussion that we can still talk about next week. Sounds good. All right, so um, moving forward, we're gonna have an interview section with somebody who worked nationals that if you follow USPSA, they worked the nationals match and also shot the nationals match. And this is the same person that kind of rescued me at the Georgia State match, because you remember I was having the ammo issues and um, she actually gave me some of the ammos after she got DQ'd from that match. and. Um, firearm ran perfect so it kind of saved me in the match in a sense of speaking so we're going to go ahead and talk with her her name is candace so um after this commercial break we're going to go ahead and um bring her on and hear what she has to say about what's going on in uspsa what she heard at nationals and how did she perform at nationals as well you know so um I think it's going to be an interesting conversation because she's pretty smart she's pretty smart also so all right so um if you will um if you want to go ahead and follow me as we always say you can follow me on facebook and youtube under m-w tactical and if you go to twitter instagram and tiktok look up at m underscore w tactical and look at the videos and all the information that we're sharing on those social media outlets. And if you would like to follow Rockstar, do so at Rockstar Burst, B E R S T. And that's on Instagram. It's where I'm most active. Um, it's, I, it's probably my favorite of the platforms that we have to interact on. So feel free to follow along or send me cool articles or, you know, 
things that might be interesting show topics that we can chat about here so yeah follow me yeah, on there it. yeah that's what it is um and i agree with you on that one uh instagram is probably my favorite platform out of all of them you know what i'm saying so i totally agree with you on that one <laughs> so <laughs> if you will good people please stay in your seats and here are a few words from our sponsors are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we are working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality hermit oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer bolt-on shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you.
Okay. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for sitting through that commercial break. And this is the interview segment. Now, before we move forward with the interview segment, I want to go ahead and give everybody um, an apology because Rockstar's bandwidth was low. And that's why she sounded like she was chopped up and going in and out because she's at her parents' house and her parents live way out in the country. And that's how she explained it to me. So, um, but we'll make it up, but hopefully you was able to follow through the conversation portion that we had, but moving forward into the interview section, this person that we're bringing on today is the person who I feel saved me at the Georgia state match. And when I say she saved me at the Georgia state match, it was the fact that I was having too many ammo issues that we already know that you already seen on Instagram and Facebook. And she ended up getting disqualified from the match. And when she got disqualified for the match, she actually volunteered that I can utilize her ammunition to continue the match. And of course, like I said, it saved me from the headaches of having malfunction after malfunction from having it two or three malfunctions per stage. So Without further ado, I would like to bring on Candace Giuliano to the M-W Tactical Podcast, the one who I will call the savior. <laughs> What's going on, Candace? How's it going for you? Oh, that's thanks for the thanks for saying that. It was uh, it was my pleasure to help you out. Um, you know, that was that was one of the nicest things. The good thing about being DQ'd was I could help you out. And can you imagine the, what are the odds of us having basically the same gun with probably the only guns on earth that could run that ammunition because right. we both have those Brazos custom guns. And I don't know of anybody else who loads uh, 40 cal to 1.220 or whatever the heck link. I yes. think there's something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. I didn't, didn't like getting DQ'd, but you know, that was, that was good to help you out. And I'm, I'm glad it helped you figure out what was wrong with yours. Yes. So, yeah. Um, now before we actually dive into the Georgia state match, um, I will say like, um, looking at your ammo and then looking at my ammo, um, because nobody ever told me what the crimp, um, should have been on the press. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what to look for. And every time I went to go look it up, um, I was looking at various measurements. So I just figured, okay, it's working through my um, case gauge. Mm -hmm. And obviously that wasn't right because I don't have a Hondo. And that's what we talked about when we was at the Georgia State match, having a Hondo. But then again, six other people said the same thing to me about having a Hondo. So guess what I'm going to try to invest in here in the near future? <laughs> possibly yeah, a hondo a, it's a big ask because it's like a hundred and i don't know 10 20 now i don't know they yeah, get so. they keep going up yeah so um the one uh like i said i saw that there was two different versions of it and one oh, version is like the, sure, the long yeah. version so by that taking place you know what i'm saying i'm more along the lines of like okay if it, it will help me yeah, um with one. the matter of gauging i'm going to get one so. Yeah, you need the uh, 40XL. Yes, the XL. The thing is, it, it won't tell you, like, it, it's super long, so it won't tell you if your rounds are, like, too long or too short. And I think that that sometimes happened to me a couple times where my, I was maybe loading my ammo a little too long. Right. Um, 
but uh, so you gotta you gotta constantly like um, check sometimes your press can sometimes be a little long or a little too short so but yeah. uh, and yeah but it's a uh, it's it's nice to have I'll put it that way it's real nice yeah, yeah what kind of a what kind of case gauge were you using anyway the Dylan oh right the Dylan. yeah yeah it was yeah. just a single bother with the crimp at all like maybe not i don't know yeah sometimes it did sometimes it didn't yeah, but you um can, uh, you can just check it in your barrel too a lot of times you know take yeah. the barrel out and just just i do that with my 45 1911 i check every single one in the barrel yeah so, so that's what um mr wilbert um who shoots out of palmetto gun club here in charleston south carolina and i call him mr wilbert um, but he was the one that actually told me that he was like, do the plunk test. Mm -hmm. I was like, what's the plunk test? And, you know, he was like, yeah, just go and take your barrel and put it in. And if it fits in, you're good to go. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. But I yeah. never done that because I was more like, okay, I don't want to, you know, take out the barrel. I think I did it like one time hmm. and um, it worked for me that one time. So I was like, okay, I really don't know what I'm looking at or looking for. So I'm yeah. just going to stick with the case gauge because I know if it's level, you're good. But right. um, I was talking to Mr. Wilbert Saturday at a match, and he actually expressed to me um, that same thing again. But he actually told me what to look for this time, you know, okay. so I was like, all right, cool. So now I got that bit of knowledge. But now at the same time, I'm still going to get the hundo. Yeah. So, but my issue was um, with the ammo was the crimp. So as we said earlier, so actually measuring it out and i was doing a training session not too long ago that i spoke on a previous podcast with outdoor dynamics um john royer and when we was doing that training session i asked him to take a couple of the rounds home that i was having issues with and he actually did and then he got back with me and said hey your crimp is um too big you got to bring it down so um he told me the measurements to bring it down to i did that and now today the firearm was singing like Aretha Franklin. That's how I'm awarded. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is, uh, that is, it's nice. It's nice to find. So, it's so wonderful to find out what, why something's not working and then fixes. Yes. It's really so, nice. Um, but you know, what I actually did was um, I didn't want to pinpoint it and take a theory and say it was one thing. So I started mm -hmm. from the firearm, you know, cleaning it and really inspecting it, looking for anything out of place. Mm -hmm. And then I went to the ammo. And um, of course, when I did the ammo, when I was talking with John um, from Outdoor Dynamics, I was more like, hey man, I think it's the crimp. I'm, I'm almost certain that it's the crimp. And then he got back with me and said, hey, your theory was correct. It is the crimp, so. Hmm. Okay, so cool. Yeah, so, but once again, I do wanna say publicly, Thank you for being my savior at the Georgia State match. <laughs> I yeah, could have done well, a whole lot better, it but pretty, it was pretty painful to watch. I was like, oh no. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always a bad feeling when you know somebody's having a rough match. You know, that's always yes. the worst feeling. Yes. Um, but let's um go ahead and, and let's talk about what took place with you at the Georgia State match. Cause oh, okay. Um yeah, so I was staffing the state match. So the day before I shot, I was actually running the staff shooters through all the stages. I was embedded in a squad. So I kind of got to see the whole match before I, I shot it that way. 
Um, but what happened to me the day of the match was on the third stage, there was a, uh, you start outside the shooting area and then you have to get into it. And there's a target to shoot kind of immediately. And I guess I was in such a hurry to go forward and get past that. I caught my leg on the, uh, the fault line and just kind of tripped a bit. And when you trip a bit, you know, your gun can kind of do this when it's in your hand, if you, and, uh, Aro said I broke the 180 and, you know, I was like, well, you know, I didn't think so, but that's why you have ROs, right? Is to say, you know, no, yeah, you did. Yeah. But, so, uh, you know, that was, that was the end of my match was stage three um, for me. I, I don't remember what stage number that was. It was the one where you have to retreat a bunch of times. You have to go forward and retreat and forward and retreat yeah. and forward and retreat. I think that's stage six or something like that. Yeah. So what, when that actually took place, um, I was standing right behind you and I was holding the camera videotaping. Well, thank you. Yeah. And then, um, when it happened and I was like, she's good, she's good. And then when you was trying to get up because you had fell to either one knee or two knees and your hand left hand hit the ground, firearm didn't touch the ground. But I think when you was trying to use that momentum to rock back up when that rocking motion, ah. that's when you swept everyone. And then um, and then I was okay. like, okay, she got it, but let's see what the RO is yeah. gonna say. Cause then it's I shut up after like, that. The moment it's really a funny video because like the moment when I trip, this uh uh this like uh two by or four by four, whatever, there's some wood that gets like right in front of me at that moment and it's really like oh crap i don't know i don't see what's what exactly is happening but you know that's a that's a problem i've been trying to work on the uh my footwork it's it's caught up with me a few times sort of where i've tripped because uh, i don't pick my feet up enough when i when i run around i tend to drag them a lot right and uh so you know uh thankfully you know that's the only uh like level two major match DQ I've ever had. And hopefully that's the only one ever. Um, but yeah, so that was, uh, that sucked because I really wanted to, I really wanted to shoot the rest of that match. It looked pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, actually when it happened, I was more like, oh man, um, yeah. now she's going to leave. And that was the person who I was bouncing stage plans off of and <laughs> I know, you know, different knowledge. I mean, we were and shooting everything. the same guns, same division. Right. And not yeah so well but, but then like i said when you decided to stay so i was like yeah, okay nice cool yeah and then um and then even so like i said we were still bouncing knowledge off about the different stages mm -hmm. and what you can do within the stages so i was very appreciative of that as well and um and after i want to say it was either the second stage or the third stage when we were sitting there talking that's when it clicked in my mind I was like, man, she is very knowledgeable within the sport because, you know, we was talking like the politics of USPSA and the shooting aspect. And I was like, man, she got a, a good grasp on this. So, wow, she's very well, intelligent. Uh, so I've been pretty heavily involved um, basically ever since I joined, which was, uh, when was that? Seven years ago, mm -hmm. I think now. Uh, according to USPSA website, I think seven years, I, I can't believe it's been so long, but uh, because uh, I got involved in the politics because I wanted to uh, go to the world shoot. And at the time, 
uh, USPSA was really thinking about not sending anybody to the world shoot. They were thinking about not participating. Right. So um, that's that's what got me kind of involved in the uh, in in the politics of it. And you know, I've just I don't know been involved in a few things where I get to for whatever reason, get in trouble or you talk to people pretty high up and then you start working matches and you see them all the time. So, mm-hmm. um, and since I worked every nationals this year for USPSA, I've seen like, uh, Troy and Jake and, you know, the board of directors like all the time. So I got a little bit of an idea of what's going on and it, uh, you know, so um, now, now, um, with all that expertise that you have within USPSA and, you know, rubbing elbows with the higher echelons, mm-hmm. have you ever considered running for a political office within USPSA? Uh, maybe area director, but uh, um, not, not USPSA president because, well, I mean, first off, I don't think a woman could win and probably, um, you know, I, I don't think I could do that job in part because it's uh, man, you really, it's really tough, you know? Um, you know, like, um, I'm a firm believer in um, whenever you do something over a course of time, change mm-hmm. can be positive. And mm-hmm. even if change does come in and it's something that the majority doesn't agree with, it's always easier to revert from it. For but, instance, like when I first joined the military, um, mm-hmm. we wasn't having no optics on any of the firearm systems. Mm-hmm. And then I want to say I was in maybe 10 years or so. And, you know, I'm at a squad leader position. And that was the first time I heard conversation about putting optics on a firearm within the military. And then before you know it, it slowly started integrating in. And now when you go onto a military installation, it's like the norm. You always see an optic in basic training on Mm -hmm. a, on a, a firearm system because I only did combat arms. So if I was to go to any combat arms unit, you're not going to just see iron sights, you know, on an AR platform, right? You probably see it on the handgun, but everything else is going to have some form of an optic. So, you know, so sometimes the change could be good. Um, It could be uncomfortable at first because it's new and not what everybody's used to. But once you grow to it, it probably could make sense. But then again, like I said, if it's something that's unsafe and people don't agree with, I'm pretty sure it can be reverted, you know, to it. But and also don't ever sell yourself short by being a woman. Please don't do that because it's just, well, you know, like I said, I've been around a lot of the old timers and stuff. And I'm not saying that that's, there's an anti-woman bias, but that, but that there, there is in some ways it's, it, it would be harder for a woman to have the respect and the just, it's kind of a boys club and that's, you know, I'm not opposed to that. I like guys. I like being involved in guys stuff. And it's just a fact that, you know, it, they're better at the, you know, that kind of position, probably it's just easier. And yeah, but, but what about if you were to actually try it and then you was really good at it and everybody's getting yeah, you well, the, we'll the see. I'm, I'm thinking yeah. about trying to uh, run a match, you know, hopefully I can, um, uh, take over a match someone else is running and, you know, maybe make range, you know, do range master year after next. Um, you know, I think, I think that maybe run for board of directors, if Bruce, uh, you know, 
we'll, we'll see. Bruce Wells in Area 6 is going to run for USPSA president. And if he wins, he won't be on the board. He'll probably run again if he, if he does not win president. And then I would, you know, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't run against him. Um, I think he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, he's such a wonderful people person. He'd be great either as president or on the board. Okay. And mostly, um, you know, I mean, people don't know it as much about me, but I'm very conservative in what I think USPSA should be. I, I, I always think I joined 20 years too late, kind of. I, I really, I love the 90s and early 2000s part of USPSA. It's very cool. And uh, I think that there seems, the internet, I think, might have been, kind of robs you of some of the, some of the fun of it. Um, in a way, it, it tends to homogenize things and make people think that they don't have to actually be there and hang around and talk to people. And, you know, that's. Well, I think that's just um, probably more ego driven um, yeah. because I, I can't honestly say there are some matches where I've visited, mm -hmm. like outside of my local area and some people who are considered the top grade shooters in that area, they don't necessarily help, you know, and then everybody else helps with stuff like that. So yeah. I, like I said, it's, it's more ego driven. So right. but, I, you know. I personally think, you know, one of the things I liked about USPSA is the egalitarian nature of it and that everybody can hold the timer, work the pad, reset the stage. You know, there's no, there's no job too small for anybody. I really like that. And Ipsic matches tend to be like world shoot. You didn't reset. You didn't do anything. Um, and it seems like that's the norm in Ipsic matches. And I don't, I think that something is lost by um, removing uh, a huge portion of the match from the competitors. And I get why they do it. It's, but uh, I personally prefer it when people reset or, you know, I love the local matches in a lot of ways the best because everybody does everything and yeah i mean i yeah i can see that but i yeah. like it whereas like when i do a local match mm -hmm. um i prefer to do more work at a local match but if i go to a major match um i don't want to do as much work because you're paying more money the stages are going to be a little yeah. bit more complex so you know like i'm one of those people where i need a little bit more study time also <laughs> so. yeah i'll tell you it does uh if you're ROing a match and uh, shooting it, it it definitely does degrade at least my performance by a pretty good amount. But right. uh, so I get that. I wouldn't pay I wouldn't pay three hundred fifty dollars or whatever to shoot nationals and then be expected to hold a timer. Oh, right. No way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the the counterbalance to something like huge like nationals or an area match is that the staff has you know works all the time with very little time off on that so the reset if they have to reset too you need a lot of staff or some quick stages because um i'll tell you the hardest part like at nationals is you know day five or day six of getting up and i, mean, I couldn't imagine having to reset steel like constantly that whole time that would really wear you down well uh, i look at it as a trade-off too. Like I said, if you go to a major match and if the mm -hmm. match was already designed for you not to reset, mm -hmm. um, I look at it more as um, the organizer said, okay, thank you for coming to shoot this match. 
now the way we're going to thank you for coming is you just shoot. That's all you got to focus yeah. on. So well, that like is, I, said, you know, I, I think that's it. legit too. I've enjoyed that kind of match too. And I really, in a lot of ways, I don't mind staffing those either because you usually have a lot more staff and the squads are smaller. So, right. um, but uh, I'll tell you the national staff cost an absolute fortune. Um, you, I don't know if everybody knows this, but USPSA always loses money on nationals, every single one of them. And mm -hmm. last year they lost a lot of money because, um, they had like half attendance, but a lot of the fixed costs are the same. Uh, mm -hmm. They have to pay hotel and travel for all the staff. And then, you know, everything, everything costs a lot, um, strangely, you know, so that's it. USPSA doesn't make any money on nationals at all. Mm. So it's like if there's been some talk of like nationals officials not being very good or they should be paid more and do more or something, but they're already paid a lot. And I mean, it costs a lot of money and I don't think anybody would want uh, nationals to cost twice as much. I think that would be pretty, pretty horrible. And uh, so I don't know, mm. just this, my perspective of, working it was, you know, there were some people who actually flew from California and ROed every day of nationals and didn't shoot either of them. They did like all, and helped set up 12 days of, you know, they were there at least 12 days that I saw and uh, they didn't shoot at all. So I thought that was pretty amazing that they wanted to be a part of it so much. Yeah, I mean, it's an experience for a lot of people. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like for me, um, I, my biggest thing while well, I always wanted to work was like um, the area matches or the oh, sectional yeah, those, matches. Those are awesome. Yeah. So I was always looking forward to that one. And then um, when I actually understood what was taking place behind the scenes, I was like, okay, I got a better grasp on it. And mm -hmm. then um, when you actually look at it from a planning perspective, you still get a better grasp of it also. So yeah. now I can understand what they're going through. So that's why like anytime I go to a match, I make it my point to say thank you to the staff because I'm really am appreciative that they took the time to volunteer, yeah. you know, to do that. So, but now outside of all the, the admin stuff with nationals, um, I was sitting at home because when we was talking at the Georgia match, I thought I had a spot <laughs> at nationals when I signed what? up. Yeah. But what actually ended up taking place was when I was talking to my buddy and I was like, well, let me go back and look and see um, what squad I was supposed to be on. And then I noticed that I was on the reserve list and I was oh, like, no. oh man, I didn't get there in time. Like, okay, cool. So right then and there, I had already made a determination that I wasn't going to go because oh. of the fact um, I didn't want to jump through loops at the last minute. Now, I could have done it, but I was just like, it wouldn't have been worth it because now I would have been rushing to get down there and, it, you know, I thought it was going to be too much. So I was like, okay, maybe next year, not this year. You should have sent me a message. I could have told you the skinny, which was, if you want to go to nationals, book your tickets. You know, there's yeah. always room. If you're not picky about your schedule or who you shoot with, Jake always hates that I tell anybody this because he's like, no, no, don't tell anybody they can show up. But hmm. there's always a spot for somebody who wants to show up and shoot. I've, never heard of anybody being turned away there were plenty of people plenty of squads i know in the carry optics nationals or pcc carry optics we had a couple ghost squads with nobody on them and there were a lot of squads in the race gun that were a little short so so there's plenty of room oh yeah um 
So, but like I said, maybe next year um, I might go ahead and um. And you need to become better them. friends with your section coordinator or somebody to get a slot, man. Oh, you know, like everybody around this area is well connected, but um, and it's like I said, like when you talk to the different clubs, they'll tell you straight up, like, okay, I only got two slots in this um division. I got three slots in this division. I only got one in that one. So, um, and then I know like at my home club, what they do is they base it off of attendance. So like the more matches you go to, or the more matches that you win, um, you have a better chance at getting that slot for national. So they actually have a very fair process of how they select the people. It it just isn't a, okay, we want this person to go. It's, it's, It's a fair process and it's more to it than just showing up and shooting a match. It's, it's a little bit more to it. Like when I actually heard everything, I was actually impressed with, and that, but that's just my home club. I can't speak yeah, that sounds pretty, that sounds yeah, pretty good. Yeah. But the person that's running my home club, um, the USPSA, um, uh, Linda Chico, she's oh, been doing it for like yeah, years on top of years. Yeah. So her system is solidified. So there right. is no knocking her system when it comes to how that selection process um, comes forth. But um, but now, how did you actually shoot at the Nationals? Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, the, uh, the Carry Optics Nationals, I shot that one first. Um, I shot a Glock, and uh, it was working fine in practice, right? And then at the match, I had all kinds of malfunctions. And I think the reason was that I was using ammo... Um, that just barely made power factor because I was chronoed it like at 145 or something. And I was like, Oh, that's too much. Like my practice ammo. And so I just bumped it down by two tenths, two tenths of a grain and just assumed everything would be okay. Mm. Well, that's not a good plan. Now, <laughs> this was for carry optics or yeah, carry optics for the Glock. Oh, wow. okay. The problem was, I think the, uh, when it was fully loaded, the magazine had so much pressure on the slide that, uh, it would short stroke on the first round or two. So almost all my problems were some first round kind of problem. Um, I need to put the video together um, and uh, post it. But like the the stage, you had to hold a ammo can while you shot. Yeah, I cleared a jam one handed with the holding the can and on the very first shot. So I had, ooh, had a bunch of mouths. And uh, I'll tell you, that was my third, I think, carry optics match was nationals with it. And uh, that wasn't really enough practice. Oh, so uh, static targets, I did kind of okay, but like movers, I was completely lost. Uh, but it was, I mean, all that being said, and I did have to go to six rounds instead of the usual three at chrono just to make minor. So um, yeah, don't do that. Um, yeah, well, you know, you should have ordered your bullets from Outdoor Dynamics and got the librarians for the uh, <laughs> I should have just kept with my hot load that worked fine and didn't feel like too much recoil anyway. Because yeah, um, I, I had a I had a Glock 34 with a frame weight light on it. Basically, it's just a Chinese knockoff Surefire with some weights in it to to make it even heavier, some heavier batteries. But uh, the real problem was I just wasn't practiced enough. But I'll tell you, carry optics is so cool. I, I bought a Beretta defensive to, uh, to do better at the next nationals because uh, Glock, I, just, I couldn't handle the trigger. It's not that it's too light or anything. It's just the trigger is so long and so creepy and just 
So, and it's hard to hold on to for me. It's very slick. Right. So I just uh, wanted a, a steel gun again. So, okay. so I got one of those. So now, but it, it was fun. What's your favorite division to shoot in Ooh, USPSA? Limited. 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 Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so limited. Limited is awesome. Uh, maybe next year open, but we'll see because opens like limited only even more. No oh, man, I'm scared. Uh, of, I'm scared of open. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it is scary. You got to be fast. But uh, you know, the thing about all the divisions are, I kind of like every single one of them except PCC, but because I, I I'm not into shooting rifles all that much, but like every single one of them i think is actually kind of interesting and teaches you something um, right. even limited 10 is kind of interesting because it's it's kind of like production but major and uh you know with 2011s or something so that's interesting in and of itself um but uh you know i like limited the best because i like irons i like major i like the big mags and all the other cool stuff it's got it's got the coolest guns and uh it's, it's helped me to become a little bit faster and a little bit just more, uh, more flow a little better during a stage versus production was, is very, you know, stand here, shoot this stuff, run over here and stand here and shoot that. And uh, the other thing was that, uh, you know, limited, I like single stack too before that, but that, that felt a lot like production with all the reloads and mm -hmm. uh, limited's kind of cool that you, you have so much more freedom of where you can do things. You end up trading uh, and you also end up shooting difficult targets significantly faster because you can get too Charlie on something that's kind of hard and be perfectly fine. Right. You know, or even Charlie Delta sometimes is perfectly fine as long as you get past it quickly. So it's a, very interesting. I Limited's Limited is pretty cool. I kind of always thought I should be shooting limited because I can't hit two alpha consistently. It's it's that's not that's not fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can actually say like limited is my favorite. Um, yeah. I'm about to start dibbling in um, carry optics here soon. Oh yeah. But what, um, what gun did you? Or if you decided on the gun, you're going to shoot. Well, um, Taryn, he's going to be sending me a Glock uh, Combat Master. You know, Ooh. that's a Glock also. Nice. But then I also still have the Walter Q5, and I'm gonna put um, a red dot on that one also, so I can have a main one and a backup. You know, as nice as the Glock is, I don't know, man. I would go. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I'm sure his gun's pretty nice. I shot some of his guns, and you know, it's pretty awesome. And yeah, 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 yeah. That's so, cool. I think you'll like the dot. I think you'll like that a lot. Everybody does. I learned a lot just with my limited time with a dot, you know, I'm getting more target focused. And if, if you're like me and sometimes you get amazed with a miss or something where it's like, I didn't call that. Well, the dot really, um, you'll know a lot more when you mess up. I mean, right. I knew when I was messing up in the in nationals too, but it didn't really help because it's like, Oh God, Oh God, I keep moving the, I keep moving the, the side off with the long, long, really long trigger pull. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, I, I'm looking forward to um, just doing something different, just to break it up a little bit. Oh, but I get um, it. it's cool. as yeah, as I stated beforehand, that I am scared of open um, division, and the only reason I'm scared of the open division because going into it is ten thousand dollars off the rip. 
that's the one thing i'm like yo it's a lot yeah it is a lot and then everything else after that you know it's, it's gonna be a little costly also so oh i'll tell you that is yeah that's opens opens not for pours yes <laughs> exactly. Exactly. oh my friend uh russell broke two of his checkmates on our squad one after the other Ooh. they the slide cracked and the barrel broke like one stage right after the other i was like oh my god the luck yeah, his two is. open guns both broke unbelievable some serious work in on that one, one. <laughs> god it was funny because he just practiced with them the day before i shot it it must be my fault one of them but <laughs> what are the odds of like literally one right after the other broken different but he cobbled together a working gun out of the two so right. that's pretty cool i think cz's taking care of him so so that's right. pretty cool yeah that's what it is but yeah I, cool, I think cool. oh man open the other problem with open too man is you've got to there's so many options and you don't know what you don't know what you don't know about, right. you know, do you want it heavy, long, short, you know, who makes it, you know, what grip, all these, all these questions, you know, do you want to, I guess you'll shoot nine major cause that's cheaper, you know? So yeah, yeah. Like I'm starting to look and it's, yeah. it's kind of scary. Yeah. Well, when you get yours, I'm going to be like, yo, let me run that right quick. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be hard not to buy a Brazos, I'll tell you. Exactly. Yeah, that's how I say it. Yeah, so so Carry Optics Nationals was pretty cool. It was actually pretty interesting the way a lot of the stages were meant to be very difficult for PCC. I worked a stage with the low port, I think stage 12. And uh, that was meant to mess up PCC people because they wanted to brace their gun, you know, on the on the port and they'd get penalties for that. And then the, the one hand stage with the ammo can was meant to be difficult for PCC. And it felt, you know, a little bit like the uh, let's mess with PCC nationals, <laughs> but the open and limited nationals was, I thought a little bit more fun. The stages were opened up a little more and uh, they moved some stuff around, but that was, that was just awesome. You know, right. it's the, the cool guns only nationals basically you know, yeah, it's really it. cool seeing squads of nothing but limited and open right cool that's the the benefit of having the nationals whereas they can cater it to how they would like um yeah. with the various weapon systems so like i said I, I i enjoy it because like i said i i did enjoy the fact that uspsa did do a live feed this year and mm -hmm. that's when i hit you up and i was like hey you working this match too <laughs> like man yeah. you know yeah so. Yeah, I was fortunate that uh, they were all at Talladega. So I, that's only an hour and change away from where I live. So it was mm -hmm. real easy to real easy to go to. Right. So uh, now, next, um, how was that time. experience being at Talladega? Because did they do anything special by being at a new location versus? Uh, well, they had nationals uh, there last year. Uh, a couple of them. They had uh, low cap and the two gun, I think, were there last mm -hmm. year. Um, so it's not new, but uh, I shoot a I match, mean, local match there every every month. Basically. But did you did you work the nationals yeah. that was there last year? Yeah, yeah I worked oh. both of those. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got. I was fortunate during the the COVID pandemic. The uh, the USPSA was the only shooting sport. I think I was told that was uh, that actually still held its nationals. And I'll tell you, I really it really helped in a kind of dark time to have something familiar, you know, right. but that's when they, they let me work nationals. Cause I've, you know, haven't been ROing that many big matches, but right. they needed more ROs. So I ROed that low cap nationals in the summer. And uh, 
you know, I thought that was the best. Nationals is kind of the easiest match of all to work in a lot of ways because there's so many people and they're all really good at their jobs. So right. you slot in real easy. Okay. Yeah, so so that they have had nationals there before, and next year they're going to have a couple there, I think, too. Um, yeah. Carry optics and uh, the uh, revolver single stack limited ten nationals, I think, are both going to be there. Was there another one? Uh, I don't think so. I think there's only four next year, and the others are going to be in uh, Colorado. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. All right. So this next section is um, what I call quick fire. All right. So quick fire is I ask you a series of questions and you just try to answer them as fast as you can and just give me whatever you think. So there is no right or wrong you know, oh. answer to this. All right. <laughs> so you ready? Yeah, sure. Go. All right. So the first question is loyalty or respect? You mean, do I want it or do I want it from other someone else? I mean, how will you perceive it? How will you perceive it? <sighs> I think respect before loyalty, you know, that if, I don't know, they seem kind of almost this, very similar to me, hopefully, right? Hopefully. Um, but I'd say in the end, respect probably matters more. Okay. Full size or compact? Full size. Always go big or go home. <laughs> handgun or AR? Oh, handgun. That's what got me into it. The magic you know, you got this thing in your hand and, you know, you can make stuff happen a long way off. I, mm, yeah. Okay. Tactical training or competition? Um, competition for me, because I don't have enough resources. I'd love to do both. Okay. Um, one in the chamber or not? Oh, one in the chamber for sure. Iron sights or red dot? Oof. Irons. <laughs> <laughs> Smith and Wesson or Glock? Smith and Wesson, man. Mm -hmm. Open carry or concealed carry? Concealed. Stock sights or fiber optic sights? Ooh, I like the fiber. Yeah. Over the ear or in the ear protection? Oh, why not both? But uh, uh, in the ear, yeah. Mm -hmm. Safety or no safety? Safety. Love, love 1911s. <laughs> flashlight um, on the firearm or no flashlight on the firearm? No flashlight. It's too big. Okay. Too big for concealed. I, you know, you end up with this huge thing. <laughs> Indoor or outdoor range? Outdoor. First time I was, uh, I shot an indoor range was my very first time. It was in a concrete thing and I cried. Oh man, it's just so loud and I just, I couldn't take it. <laughs> Rain or extreme hot? Extreme hot. Handle the, everyone gets dumb in the rain and things go, things get weird. Yeah. And pasting targets is really horrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Jesse Harrelson or Julie Galop? Hmm. Julie. Julie helped me out a lot when I wanted to go to World Shoot. Okay. Yeah. All right. And the last one, speed or accuracy? Speed. 100%. All right. So why do you say speed over accuracy? Ah, looks better on the gram. 
<laughs> you missed the target fun. though. <laughs> it's more fun though, right? I mean, you you can you can make up for it by pulling the trigger again, right? It's yeah. Yeah, speed's true. speed's fun, you know. I I thing I love most about shooting is pulling the trigger. So I like doing it quick, as quick as I can. Hmm. But you know. If, if you're talking about competition, real life, I mean, you know, obvious accuracy matters. Well, I don't know. No, that's the thing. I still say speed. Hmm, okay. Firstest with the mostest, man. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, there's no right or wrong yeah. answer on that one. So yeah, those are pretty good questions. Those are very like, yeah, make me think, you know, both sides have, have something to say for them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So um, once again, I do want to thank you for coming on to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And, um, and like I said, we definitely want to bring you back on um, on a future show. But then also we need to link up outside of a major match and shoot like a local match and do the same thing that we did for what, two and a half stages at the Georgia <laughs> match. <laughs> All right. Not enough. <laughs> yeah. So um. If we'll come the, um, on down here and we'll see how it goes. There's a couple good ones in Georgia and then Alabama has got a few good matches. You know, oh, those, yeah. are, those are really yeah. cool. Yeah. We'll definitely um, talk after the recording and, um, and see what your schedule is like and see what we can work out and make it happen. All right. So yeah. um, now if the good people want to actually get in contact with you or um, follow you on social media, if you do anything on social media, how can they do so? Uh, let's see. Well, I'm on Facebook, Candace Giuliano, pretty easy to find there. Uh, uh, I haven't been doing as much like on YouTube as I used to, but I started putting up some match videos again. Uh, that channel's name is just Candace J Productions. So pretty simple. Um, don't I stopped doing Instagram because I, I don't know, it felt like too much work. Um, so yeah, there's, those are the two main things I'm involved on. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. There you have it right there. So go give her a follow, go check out her videos. And I will actually say, do not sleep on her for being a shooter because she's a female. Right? She is actually very talented with the firearm. <laughs> right. So if you don't believe me, please go check out her videos and find out for yourself. So once again, Candice, I do want to thank you for coming on to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And like I said, My pleasure. thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. You're more than welcome to come back anytime you like. And like I said, we will be linking up at a future match here shortly. All right? okay. So, But if everybody will, please stay in your seats and hear our few words from our sponsors. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, 
this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at jm4tactical.com. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you can't wait for Tuesday, go listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can even purchase M-W Tactical apparel. But please... Go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting in the realm of the two-way community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.